Carl, would you like to have a Final Fantasy VII base book club style podcast together? Uh, yeah. Sounds pretty, pretty dang good. I like it. We should do that. Pretty much, that's pretty much how it happened, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Coincidentally, uh, related to that, um, it is June 19th, 2019, and this is the inaugural episode of the Every FNFF Podcast. I am your whole eater A, Curtis Ware, and with me... This is uh, B-hole eater Carl. <laughs> the greatest B-hole eater of all time. I stole that joke from Curtis's Twitter. <laughs> I think I'm going to take my Switch and actually have my uh, Final Fantasy uh, screenshots start uploading... To oh our yeah, that's a good Twitter. idea. I should do the so same. we can just start doing that, and so everybody can see the absolute terror that is a the beehole eater, and every other terrible thing that we think of at any time. Right now, I'm really obsessed with a silly old man from Final Fantasy IX. That's a good one. Yeah, who lets you me. know he needs to take a dump. That's <laughs> the writing in these games is uh, top notch. Top notch. Absolute top notch. Shout out to the localization team. <laughs> Shout out to the localization team. It's a tight tight time window, but did a magnificent job. <laughs> Um, all right, so this is our first episode, so... Yeah, so what are we doing here? We should probably discuss what we're actually... Yeah, what we're doing, right? Yeah. Uh, what people should expect from it. Do, do you want to, or shall I? Uh, I'll let you take the reins. Oh, man, I love it. All right, um, Unless you want me to. And I can... We'll, um, we'll dual reign it. Yep, it's cool. We'll put, our, we'll put our hands on top of each other. It'll be very romantic. Oh, oh. for the listener, we're, uh, we're, we're holding hands right now. It's true. That's the kind of friendship that no, we're not. We don't just already have what we're building here on this podcast. Exactly, and we're hoping to build that uh, same relationship. I with have you. joined Curtis's party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So this is going to be a Final Fantasy book club podcast. We're going to be doing every Final Fantasy, and our goal is to like play sections of game. So this week we're going to start with the classic FF Seven. We figure that maybe Final Fantasy One, if we started there. Might not have enough juice. Might not have enough meat to it. Yeah, and to it, really be able to talk about it. And I also know that uh, I haven't really ever played through one that much, so I, I, it would be a lot more research to have things to talk about. Whereas with Final Fantasy VII, I've played this game for like over a decade now, so I think yeah, it's yeah. a little easier to know what's coming <laughs> and to you know week by week, it it makes it a little. Gives us a little more time to uh, right, discuss right. everything. Yeah, actually, it was great. I recently played through FF1, and like, what's great is like, there's just a plot dump in the last couple text boxes. They're like, by the way, the plot twist and everything. And you're like, oh. So it's like man. a Goosebumps book where the yeah. last three pages just <laughs> tie everything up not right. even well. <laughs> right, yeah. It's definitely the say, cheese, or die of the series. By the way, the Black Mage was a ghost the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so if you're listening to this podcast, what you should be able to do is... You can either play with us, because we're only going to be playing a couple hours of the game a week, and we'll tell you what we're going to play up to and what we're going to do each week, so you can actually play along with us. Or, if you've already played the games, you can listen along to us and kind of have a stroll down memorably lane, memorably lane with Just us. Memorably lane. <laughs> memorably lane. It's going to be great. And we're going to be like really going deep into it, and really discussing the plot, the characters, you know, some of the gameplay, and some of the implications that it has on us today, which some are great. Some are questionable, yep. so... Especially but, in this game. <laughs> FF7 comes right out of the gate. It does not waste time in being like, hey, guess what? Not all of this has aged so well, and we just, <laughs> we're just going to tell you right in the first five minutes, and you're like, oh, well, that's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> but, 
Yeah, so uh, additionally, if um, you haven't played the games at all and you really don't have the time to do it, if you listen to our podcast, you should be able to converse with your friends who love the game about it in detail. That's the kind of like down into the into the mines of Final Fantasy. We're going to reach deep, put on our plastic gloves and feel around for things. We're going to really get in there. Yeah, so if we're good at our jobs, then you can uh, steal our clout and yeah. sound like Final Fantasy uh, masters <laughs> yeah, yeah. to your friends. That's right. It won't. It won't teach you how to play Triple Triad or Tetra Master. You won't be. You'll have to practice that. We gotta but, uh, keep those secrets to ourselves. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I don't know how to keep my cell phone from turning off. So I'm gonna look at it and go back to my notes. <laughs> okay. Um. Quick. Quick. Uh, sidebar about that. What What is your introduction to the uh, to the series of Final Fantasy? Like, do you should we do do a brief history about like what? Yeah. We'll where it. we started with it or anything? Sure. Like yeah. That, or why this series? Quick. Yeah. Why we wanted um, to do this. When I was younger, my parents had video game systems, and you know, to be honest, didn't really care about them that much. I was like, "This is, this is dumb. I'm not into Mario. It's a hard." You were and, a jock. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Six year old me was like super <laughs> jock, absolutely. Um, and uh, <laughs> well, one time at my cousin's house, I played Final Fantasy two, <laughs> which is four, but it's two in America, right. and we can get into that entire fight yeah, later. I need to figure out that for myself because I still don't know. I'm yeah, still confused about all a that. A localization nightmare. But I remember going in there and playing the first couple minutes of it and being like, yo, the main character kills all these people, and then he feels terrible about it, and there's all these like... Spoilers for the listener. Oh, this is going to be a spoiler-tastic <laughs> podcast, by the way. We're literally talking about everything, so if you're uh, saving your knowledge for the remake of Final Fantasy VII, this is not for you. Mm, <laughs> yeah. So, um, the largest spoiler warning. But uh, yeah. how about you, man? Uh, I didn't start Final Fantasy games until I was in high school. Uh, actually, like an older cousin of mine and my sister-in-law introduced it to me, and I remember seeing and like it kind of blowing my mind. And I actually started with Final Fantasy VIII, um, and then I went which back is a to great seven. One. Yeah, That's I, such a good one. People I give love it so it. much crap. <laughs> I love it, but it was also the first one that I played, so I feel like that I'm probably biased with that. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, you know what? It's not the first one I played, and I also love that game so much. And when we get to it, I cannot wait for all kinds of hate mail. Oh yeah, and angry tweets of people saying that the like, draw is good. Actually, <laughs> yo, hottest take: Squall's good. Lionheart actually does two more hits than Omni Slash, so it's a better <laughs> move. <laughs> so good. All right. Um. So, would you like to start this journey into Final Fantasy VII with me? Sure. All right, let's do it. Um, do you want to begin? Yep. Yeah, I mean, uh, right, should we this, just start with the story? Work? Should we talk about generalizations about the game? I feel we'll uh, just go ahead. I think that uh, the generalizations and things can come as we kind of get to them. Sure. So I think that what we should start with is spinning around in space. Oh, yeah. Uh, with a bunch of cosmic whooshing sounds. Or if you want to go even further before that, uh, the wonderful prelude. Uh, oh, playing yeah. The, no, yeah. Which, when I was playing Final Fantasy VII for the first time, I used to just like power on my playstation 2 and have that song playing yeah. for like you know just it's have so it loop good. and loop and loop until i like finally had everything ready to sit down and play yes. and i would just listen to that for like 15 minutes before play so when you pop in your disc to the playstation or playstation 2 system or so I mean, what the listener is going to have to do is open up your uh crystal case and pull out <laughs> this case that's right the jewel case yeah yeah yeah, yeah. put in disc one and the first thing you're going to be greeted with is the start menu <laughs> which has the final fantasy prelude in it it's wonderful uh the title looks like it's like printed on moldy like sack yeah <laughs> yeah it's very good and uh you know click new game and yeah so the first thing you're gonna see when we're o opening into the world of final fantasy 7 is gonna be space do you think it's space is that what you get the space or the live stream or mako yeah. energy one of my notes here is like 
So as soon as we get a couple seconds of whirling around in space, the like stars turn into like green embers, right? Mm. And we see the face of our first character, who we don't know yet. Yeah. We don't know what her name is. Mysterious lady. And uh, she's looking at something green, a bunch of green embers. What do you think that is? That was, I actually just noticed that recently too. And I was like, I, I, they, I don't think they really go into it, but given everything that we already know about it, I think it probably has something to do with like Mako energy or the live stream. Yeah, yeah, probably so. I was like, well, they have all this energy pumping through the city. It's probably just like spurting out at some point and just kind of looking at it. It's the only draw point in uh, <laughs> seven. That's where you get That's another uh, joke that the our FF8 listeners yeah. are going to really enjoy. And um, everyone else is going to hate. Yeah, right. <laughs> So as soon as uh, as soon as this unnamed character, as soon as uh, she stands up, we see the camera start to pan out, and she walks out of a alleyway next to I'm not even shitting you a My Bloody Valentine poster. Is that what that is? It is a My Bloody Valentine poster, a live show poster. Oh my god, that's like so for weird. a real band. I think I yeah, I think I might have a screenshot of that somewhere because I was also looking at that. And I was yeah, like, oh, what that is? That is absolutely what is happening. That is there. incredible. So um, what's the album name? I don't. I think it might be a show poster because it says nine sixteen on it. I'm not oh, entirely yeah, yeah. sure. And then it also has the uh, the lo- giant loveless like loveless on the bottom. Sh- That's right. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. I don't know That's... specifically what it is, but um, yeah. I think some a character who we're gonna probably talk about, like a throwaway NPC, <laughs> yeah, does mention it. Um, so it's. Yeah. it's that's <laughs> something that we'll probably talk about. So that's, but. The, that's the farthest you can go as a shoegaze band. If you do well enough, you might make it into a Final Fantasy game. And Oh, yeah. I think that's the... <laughs> that's the, the highest form of musicianship is to... Absolutely. Be, is either to have um, a complete random stranger on the internet use one of your songs as an anime <laughs> music video... <laughs> Or uh, to be in a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I also noticed the thing across from the poster is the Goblins Bar. And oh, so, like, how did I miss no, that? No relevance at all. And I was just like, I can come up with a joke for that, and I haven't put the work well, in, but it's think, there. So In like three weeks, in like episode four, you're going to do a Goblin right. joke. That's Here right. it is. So, uh, so this character walks out of this alleyway in between these uh, amazing pieces of art. <laughs> And we kind of pan back to see the city of Midgar. Yeah, there's a nice sweeping shot of Midgar. And um, while that's going through, there's quick cuts to like a train just barreling through. And right. uh, another important thing to talk about just as this series, with this series as a whole, and also um, just this scene in particular is the music that's playing. Oh my gosh, the opening bombing mission. Mm-hmm. What a soundtrack. I was, yep. I was joking before we started this podcast that there will be two things throughout our podcast that will remain sacred. Like, we're the biggest Final Fantasy fans, but I'm not afraid to shit on it. We're going to take some dumps on this thing. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, it has it coming in a lot of ways. But the two the two sacred things, Nobu Uematsu's <laughs> soundtrack and Vivi from FF9. Yep, exactly. If you want to hear anything about Vivi, exactly. I'll, I'll come find you and I'll beat you. Don't you dare. <laughs> I think another thing that we should talk about uh, pretty early on is just uh, pronunciation. Uh, don't correct us because <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and also, you know, like how how can we know? like? I well, said, you know what? I've been saying Mako for years, but since like learning I more was about Mako. The, when you said it, I was like Carl. Well, I said no, Mako because just the Japanese you yeah. know, alphabet and everything is Mako. But yeah. I don't know. I'm also not Japanese, and I only speak English, so yeah. I could just be being a tryhard right now. But, <laughs> And I'll probably say it different <laughs> ways throughout. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we could change it every time we say it. And which we can is fine. jumping ahead a bit, but we'll we'll talk about that too with the character that we're talking about, the the flower girl. R- with yes, her name, yes. we're probably gonna have to talk about that too. Okay, so like you said, we're getting these quick cuts of a train as we pan out and we see the entire city of Midgar. 
and the title appears, Final Fantasy VII, boom, right at a, a very nice point, a little cadence in the music, it sounds great, uh, that, that awesome logo, which if you haven't seen it, just the text Final Fantasy VII and like this stylized meteor just hurtling toward Earth, right, it looks great, um, and then the pan out stops, and we start going a little bit closer to the city, we start zooming in onto a specific area, which is the Sector 1, is it Sector 1, right? Is it sec Sector 7 is where they're from, but I think it's, it's Reactor 1. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I didn't take a note of that, so. Oh, man, me neither. <laughs> that's that's well, anyway. Yeah, so we. Don't correct us. <laughs> no, I did take a note of it. It is. Michael, Reactor 1. So we started zooming into Reactor 1, um, and we see the train that we've been cutting to pull up into the station, and the music immediately cuts over to mm -hmm. some just banging fight music. Yep. Just something's getting ready to go down. Something's and we, going down. It's getting very tense. It absolutely. started out pretty, you know, mm -hmm. ambient. Suddenly things are getting tense. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we see some uh, some characters pop out of the train. We mm -hmm. see some other unnamed characters pop out and start kicking some guard butt, you know, yep. the guards at the uh, station. Um, and we see our, our second character hop off the train. There's a very, a very large man with a gun for an arm. I, yep. Is it, is it the first uh, black character, person of color? I think I was, I was researching that. I think it is the first, um, like, person of color that you as a playable character in a final yeah. fantasy series which is i wonder sometimes if shadow from ff6 is but this is the probably the first undeniably right person of color yeah, in the, like, yeah as, especially because i feel like it's the first game where they kind of moved away from the fantasy feel and went more for like a sci-fi kind of thing yeah more of like an not like realistic but more like you know everyday kind of person thing right right versus like mages and stuff like that yeah so he jumps off the train and we get our first line of dialogue which is what a hey newcomer yeah follow, yeah follow me okay yeah and so and then we were introduced to our main character yes the ex-soldier yeah ex-soldier at first when we got into the first battle i was like i hit the attack you know menu and i saw the name ex-soldier i was like am i fighting ex-soldiers like, wow. and i was like oh no wait that's just my name for now <laughs> because i was like there's no way these guys are ex-soldier they're going down easy yeah 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 and you get into your first couple fights with them uh kind of the game i wouldn't say it tutorializes you it really just kind of it, throws you in there it's like an elegant tutorial i feel like it's a yeah. it's a good start to a game where it's not holding your hand completely um but i i actually really like the way that final fantasy 7 tutorializes things yeah both in this scene where it kind of subtly does things to show you different mechanics and also like later on when there's an like an explicit tutorial i kind of like the the way that they spin that which is in yeah in this part of the game so we can talk about that when we get there right right so we uh, beat the guards, or our characters beat the guards, walk up the stairs, and we are introduced to the group. So these are the people who got off the train all together, and we have the group Avalanche, which is an eco-terrorist organization, I suppose. Yeah. And they're our heroes, so it's it's pretty dope that we're starting out, we're like, you know what, we're the terrorists. That's, yep. that's the, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be blowing up things. Yep. So pretty great, kind of like a cool little spin. It's very sci-fi in a way. You yeah, know? absolutely. Like that's, that's kind of its thing. Um. But we meet Biggs, Jesse, and Wedge, or I should say Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge. Yep. The two of them from Star Wars, Every Biggs and Wedge in every Final Fantasy game. Yep, yep. Yeah. They're uh, references to the Star Wars characters, Biggs and Wedge, which everyone knows, so us pointing that out, it's it's kind of just due diligence where we're like, well, we have to. Like, everyone knows it, but it's, <laughs> right. we, you know, if we don't say it, people will be pissed. That's right, that's right. And we uh, we talk to our, our uh, or we see our first two our two main characters, I suppose, Barrett and Cloud. So Cloud is kind of the main character of Final Fantasy VII. He's the one who's through whose eyes we're going to be seeing all these events unfold. Yeah, he's he's more or less the narrator for 95% of the game. Right. It, it, not, not narrator, but he's the... 
the yeah. one you control, everything is kind of filtered through his his mind, I guess. Right, right. And um, and the aforementioned uh, black character who we were with, his name's Barrett. Do you remember Barrett's last name? Wallace. Barrett Wallace. And uh, Barrett Wallace is in charge of Avalanche. He's in charge of this terroristic group. And we come to learn that the evil mega corporation Shinra has been uh, draining what's called Mako from the Earth. And they're under the impression that drain enough Mako from the Earth and the planet will die. And so that's why they're in there blowing up these reactors, trying to keep the keep, generators keep from the sucking world. it out. Yep, keep the world from, from dying, which is, you know, an, a noble cause. You would, you would think. <laughs> you Yeah, right, right. right. Um, you know. <laughs> All right, well, um, how about take us through uh, the next the next little bit? Sure thing. You're kind of just going through the uh, the reactor here, uh, or trying to get to the reactor, and there's a little bit of dialogue back and forth from the characters. Like um, Biggs, um, one of the characters who's in Avalanche, he's saying like, "Oh wow, like I can't believe this guy used to be in Soldier, and you don't really see people like that fighting for something like like uh, Avalanche anymore." And this gives you a little bit of an idea of like what clouds. Uh, what his motivations are. Yeah, it's also the first time I think we're introduced to the idea of soldier, isn't it? Yeah, Which is yeah, like, they kind of, another thing that they do is uh, they kind of just throw things at you and don't really explicitly say like, oh, a soldier is this military operation. Right. They just kind of, like, you get you gather it as you go along and it's just, it's known to all of these characters. It's known that Cloud is an yeah. ex-soldier, so. Yeah, it's good, it's good storytelling. Yeah. And so, and so when we say soldier in FF7, we don't necessarily mean just like a soldier. We mean like, all capitals. Yeah, all capital letters, soldier. They, uh, it's a Shinra high mercenary group, so it's kind of their like top of the line greatest soldiers that they have. So these are the dudes who can take out platoons by themselves, you know, like kind of like super supermen, I guess. Yeah, um, so uh, Jesse, um, one of the members of Avalanche, is actually, like, pretty surprised that Cloud was in Soldier, and she's like, oh, like, that's crazy, aren't they the enemy of us? Yeah. And um, Cloud mentions that he doesn't care, like, at all what anyone in this group's names actually are. And yeah. He's like, he's like <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just here to do the job, and mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I, after this is all said and done, I'm just taking my money and leaving. So right. it becomes pretty obvious that Cloud is only in this for the money. He doesn't necessarily care about what Avalanche is doing or the planet, and then he explicitly says that he doesn't really care yeah, about Yeah, he's, he's standoffish at, at minimum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, he's a mercenary that was hired by this eco-terrorist group, uh, Avalanche, to um, go on this bombing mission against this Mako reactor. Mm. So um, so we run into the, uh, run to the facility. We get to an elevator. Uh, where <laughs> Jesse tells us to go hit that big button, and we have some of the best just 3D animation like, of any game. It's just great. Like a little like so everybody in this game has like what I call Popeye arms. Yeah, that's like, a good way to describe it. Yeah, it's like low polygons, like low polygon characters, but like mm. their forearms are just ginormous. They're yep. incredible. And you do these silly little swings to hit buttons. It's like really silly, there, fluid animation. It's really good. There's a lot of really good animations like that. Yeah. Um, that that just kind of express like the characters a little more than just yeah. Because there's a couple different ways that this game handles cutscenes. There's like the the opening FMV, which is just full CGI rendering and like really good yeah. for the t especially for the time. Oh yeah. Like, really like those graphics really hold up. Now, um, with these, like, Popeye arm uh, yeah, like, yeah. field models, like, a lot of people think that those don't hold up. I like them. I have nostalgia oh, I for yeah. them. Yeah. But uh, another thing I'll say is I've been playing this um, for the show on my Switch. We both have, yeah. And it's, it's like, I think it's, like, a remastered one where even, like, the, they keep it true to the, uh, to the like, the low-poly, like, yeah. goodness of the Popeye arms models, like, the little Lego characters that you're c yeah. controlling around. But it's also... 
remastered in a way that like they smoothed out some of the edges and some of the uh, textures on the face I feel like have been uh, were a lot nicer. Absolutely. I think that actually makes it easier to like recommend to people who might not have nostalgia for the game. Right. Because it's like, yeah, it's it's weird and of its time, but it's not like unbearable. Like Right. No, yeah, they definitely did a very good re- job for the remaster. I really do. Um, so our characters go down the elevator, we step out, and we get the feeling that we're going deeper and deeper into this facility. You know, we're like really getting into it. And there's smokestacks everywhere and caution tape all over everything. And we're kind of... um kind of going into what I call like the gray space, right? Like we're going on catwalks and taking maintenance ladders to kind of get where we need. And eventually we come to it, kind of the control panel, the main main Mako reactor, number one, Makun reactor, right? And one thing I noticed about this, so this game came out in 97, is that right? I th- Yeah, I think yeah. so. There's a big 1998 right on the on the control panel, and I was like, nice, future-proofing it. <laughs> like, they, make it so that when we play this in the future, we're like, how modern, mm-hmm. 1998, love it. <laughs> well, this game takes place in the, in the future. Shit goes down in the next year. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so we've all lived through 1998. We remember all these explosions. We all survived. That's right. Um, so we plant the bomb, and... Do we get the materia first, or do we get the, the so, watch out voice first? I think there's the. I think it's the watch out voice first. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't. I think you have materia, but you don't explicitly right. like pick it up anywhere. It's like a weird thing too that I was trying to. I was like, wait, I can use. I can use certain spells. We should probably also just explain for people who don't know what well, materia. When we, when we talk about grabbing it, that's when we'll go. Okay, yeah, we'll do that in like a couple seconds. I think. Sure. Yeah. In my yeah. So um. A thing that's going to be happening multiple times as we go through this game is Cloud has these voices in his head. He has, like, it almost looks like he's suffering from, like, a migraine or something where he, like, mm-hmm. goes down on one knee or both knees and holds his head and kind of shakes. There's, like, a high-pitched, like, noise, like a tinnitus sort of noise yeah. that's happening and things are flashing, screens going red a little bit. Right, and he hears these voices talking to him. So as soon as he sets the bomb on the reactor to blow it up, he gets this voice that says, watch out, this isn't just a reactor. And, uh, you know, is his uh, compatriots, who right now is just Barrett, is just with us right now. The other ones kind of took up stations at yeah. different points in the... Uh, they're on guard duty. They're on guard duty in the facility, yeah, keeping soldiers from coming after us. Uh, soldiers, lowercase. <laughs> <We're coming laughs> those, those MPs. You get the MPs, yep, yep. And um, as soon as we stand up, we get our first boss battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so one of the security robots has been called on us, and we have our first boss battle on our hands. So why don't you go ahead and begin with that? Yeah, so this is a pretty notorious boss battle, too, I feel like, in a lot of ways. And this <laughs> in a is, lot of ways, yeah. This is a big, a big step um, into like the RPG world with, you know, it was a massive... A massive game, and this is the first boss that you encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most notable thing that we have to talk about is the weird, like, tutorializing thing where they're, like, trying to show you that certain situations can happen in a battle, and mm. it might not, ne- like, it'll affect how you strategize for it. Right. And one thing that happens is... Uh, <laughs> well, so, the, do, we, do we talk about what the boss looks like? As oh, like, no, no, no. Okay. Again, I, so let's explain the boss, and then that'll make, sure, that'll make that'll this make, make more, more sense. sense yeah. So the boss is a gigantic robotic scorpion called mm-hmm. the Guard Scorpion. Yep. And so it's like, uh, I mean, really, what else can you say about it? It's, um, it's, it's right there in the name. It's right there in the name. So it's standing on six of its legs. Two of its legs are up in the air operating as, like, punching machines and guns. And then it has a big, long tail with these, like, metal spikes coming off the back. And again, for, like, a what I would consider maybe a low poly ish game. Like it is it's got a lot going on. There's yeah. there's a lot of mechanics on this guy. Yeah, and these and these battle uh scenes are they're not like the little Popeye arm models. They're like the fully rendered right. like, you know, actual human looking models. Right, right. And it, it, it looks good. Yeah. 
All right, so yeah, tell us about this uh, this tutorial that's that's so legendary. <laughs> yeah, so the the guard scorpion um well has this this phase that it can go into just uh like randomly throughout the battle. I think it might be timing based, but uh, it'll it'll lift up its tail. And let me see if I have the exact, um, the exact, I, I, I have the words on screen. If okay. You, yeah. You so if you want to, okay, yeah, yeah. if you want to read those. So to tell you that in certain states, bosses may react differently. The, the thing that they're trying to get across to you is that if you attack while this boss has its tail in the air, it's going to counterattack you. So maybe you should lay off while it's in that stance and wait for it to go back to normal stance. So while, <laughs> so while it's tails up over its head, Barrett tells Cloud, I think, it, is it Cloud Tells Barrett? Or is oh, it, it, you know, I think it probably it, is Cloud which, Tells Barrett. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that where it's like Cloud because he's the soldier. Uh, like he, right. He gives people... Oh, that's right, that's so right, yeah. Cloud says, attack while its tail is up. Pause, and that that's all that's, that's on the, the screen. And that's the text that's, box. That's the text box on the screen. Attack while its tail is up. And that stays up there for two or three seconds. Uh, and then and, you hit, yeah. Yeah, and so if you are a, <laughs> a person playing Final Fantasy for the first time, you can go ahead and select, all right, attack. Absolutely, attack while its tail's up. That's what he just told me to do. Yep. You attack, you hit the scorpion, you go through the attack animation. And then immediately afterwards, he finishes his sentence, and it's going to counterattack with the laser. <laughs> so the full sentence yep. is, attack while its tail's up, it's going to counterattack with the laser. <laughs> Which even that, like even taken as that, it sounds like he mo like you can interpret that in different ways. Yeah. You can say, like, attack while its tail's up. It's gonna counterattack with its laser. Like he's not saying like, don't like <laughs> yeah. don't no, the, would really there's help. An, there's an Do exclamation not. point after the first part. Because even so, <laughs> even if you read it as that, like it's it sounds like oh, okay, I need to attack while the tail up, or else it's it's gonna yeah. Because it, it is with two its different laser. sentences. They don't put a comma. They put an exclamation mark. Attack while its tail's up. Like that's what he's telling you to do. And so like if you're like me or many other people, you're like yeah, I got this motherfucker. I'm yeah, gonna hit it's him. like oh, I know this the weakness now. Yeah, and so you just you just crank both of your characters out. You hit them both <laughs> twice, and then you just get two of these. Saucy, saucy counter, just saucy lasers, and it does right it, in your face. It does a significant amount of damage. It too. does it hits both. Of, it hits all of your party members. Yeah, just Cloud and Barrett at this Which point. But you can survive through. You can yeah. survive through them. But like, you if you haven't been healing or anything, like it, it could be the end for you. Yeah, like I think you can. <laughs> you can probably take like two or three of those hits. Yeah, but yeah. even still, like that's it's it's a pretty close battle. Like right, especially yeah. this early in the game where like you're still getting used to the the system of how to. Yeah, I could see if you hadn't been into RPGs or anything like that, and you were kind of taking it slow. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get this thing. That's uh, that's almost controller throwing rage right there. I was like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? I think the f the first time I actually played Final Fantasy VII was right around when it came out. I was just playing on my older brother's PlayStation, yeah. and that was my choke point. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like I never really got into Final Fantasy until I was a teenager, but I remember explicitly playing it when I was like seven or eight, yeah. and getting to that and seeing Attack while it fell up and just getting decimated. Yeah. And like not understanding that you had to save in that game, and, <laughs> yeah, and just oh no. starting from the beginning oh and being no. like, being like, well, this game sucks. Oh no! You gotta go through all the cutscenes yep. in the game yep. again. Just every. Oh, that was just that's tragic. Yep, that is tragic. Yep. Oh man. Well, what a boss. What a boss. God. God. Scorpion. Guard. Scorpion. So uh, a couple a other notes about this boss fight. Uh, it's weak to bolt damage, which pretty much I yeah. think every like uh, mechanical uh, enemy is. So Cloud has uh, bolt magic, so it's easy to just kind of, you know, pepper him with those and attack with Barrett or right. Yeah. And then uh, after you after you beat him, uh, he drops the assault gun, which is a weapon that uh, Barrett can yep can equip. And uh, then a ten minute timer starts. 
So that's how long the bomb has before it's going to go off, and you have to do a little um, end of Super Metroid kind of deal where yep. you're running out of the facility. Yep. And like I think you could probably get out of the facility in a minute and a half. Or so. yeah. It's very, very lenient. Very generous. Yeah, extremely but so. The first time you play through it, you don't realize that, and you're just freaking out. Yeah, yeah, because I am at the beginning of the game. There's still enemies coming to fight me and everything, and I have 10 minutes. And that includes the fights, too. Like, the counter is still ticking. It's still ticking while you're in menus as well. Yep, exactly. So. Um, and that's funny, too. Um, I, I notice a lot of times when I play JRPGs, I don't know if this is just, like, a weird thing that I do, but I kind of obsess over the system time, or, like, the game time. Yeah. And um, I, I always like it when a game, like, when you can pause it and pause it the system time. Right. Which actually does kind of have a mechanical benefit in Final Fantasy VII. I don't know about, like, the remakes that they did, but yeah. there used to be a thing um, where... If you got to 99 minutes and or 99 hours and 99 seconds, it would just freeze there because that was the top of the counter. Yeah. And that's not really a, like too big of a problem. But one of the mini games, which is pretty significant, the the Chocobo breeding one. Yeah. You actually have to wait a certain amount of time. Get before out. You can, so oh, if, you're, no. if you max out your, your right, time well, there. You, we'll get to that terror later. Yeah, we'll talk about that yeah. later because that's a hold. But, but you do have this timer going on and you're running out. Uh, on the way out, you see Jesse from earlier. And she's kind of doing this little little dance, this little shuffle on one of the uh, catwalks. And um, I've never missed it, and I don't know anybody who has missed it, but you could. Yeah. You could just walk by. So she's actually got her foot caught. Yep. And needs your help to yeah. uh, to loosen her foot from that little trap. Or, yeah, you need you to know. go up to her and, and just hit the interaction button with her and free her from that yeah. so she can <laughs> escape with you. And then she does a full five-foot jump over top of you mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to run away. Because she has gams. Yep. She has, she has the gams to make them jumps. <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is also a characterization of Jesse that kind of happens over and over again, which I'm not sure if it's something that necessarily holds up well or yeah. if it's me just overthinking it or she kind of seems to be in this sort of situation a lot. Yeah, kind of a damsel kind of exactly. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, and I mean, like, you get a little bit of hint that, like, you know, she's smart and she's in this team and she's making all of these devices. But every time she interacts with Cloud specifically, yep. you're very giddy around him. And it's always, you're kind of always saving her from something or she's apologizing or, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. you know, it could be, it could be just <laughs> whatever. It probably played a little bit better in, in 97, but. Different time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but, um, so you save her, you continue running out. Uh, Biggs and Wedge, or no, Biggs and Jesse actually have the passwords for the doors on the way out. And if you if you do miss Jesse and you get um, to the section where you need a password, they'll say, "Where's Jesse? She has the password." So you oh, actually, really? Is that yeah? What so it's not like she she doesn't like die in the explosion or anything like okay. that. You just have to, I think, go back. I'm pretty and get sure her. I usually get her, um, but I was looking it up to see like, oh, what happens if there's a foul condition? I was wondering about. So that. I think you go, you know, and again, it's there's a timer going, so you, even by doing that, you still have plenty of time oh, to plenty, escape. Yeah. But because you're in the last uh, area yeah. of that when you're, and it's a pretty small in. area. So, yeah. Um, but you can get there, and they can say, "Where's Jesse?" And then you have to go back and get her, and then right. get back, and then you get through this door. Right. So. So you run out, you get to see the uh, the Mako reactor explode in a blaze of glory, you know, as our as our heroes narrowly dodge the blast. You know? <laughs> they run into this uh this small hallway or whatever to get away from the fire. Um and yeah, it just the whole thing goes up. We pan back out too to see to see the city and That's we very... see it engulfed in flames. It's or well we see the one reactor in yeah. that section engulfed in flames. Yeah, it's we... very cool. It's very cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, and another important um detail on that is um another reason why it's 
Jesse's so crucial to the team is she actually arms like an exit point with uh, explosives because I think you're right. blocked in. So she just goes up, puts down some explosives and, and blows it off. And then that's how you, that's your escape route. Right, right. And so that's how we get out and back into, I guess, the city proper. Yep. And so once we're in the city proper, Cloud talks to Barrett and says, all right, I've, I've done your job. Uh, it's about time that you pay me now. Mm-hmm. And Barrett says, ah, you... You just just wait till we get back to our hideout, and then you can be paid. You know, don't don't go. <laughs> there's, there's another good bit of uh, just those little tiny animations that give some more character. Yeah. To everyone, where uh, it's when everyone escapes from the from the um the reactor, and there's like the explosion. Wed, uh, yeah, Wedge runs out, and he's like holding his butt, like yeah, either either yeah. like it's on it's fire because just... he pats his butt afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, it's so he's just, just like running back and fire. forth, and just like a goofy little thing. That yeah, every... like there's a lot of serious stuff going on, especially in this in this like yeah. scene. But it's it's nice that they can always sprinkle in a little bit of like slapstick. Kind right. Of yeah, and they and they do it consistently and it throughout hit, the and game. It, and it lands. Like, it, it definitely does. It yeah. definitely does. Um, yeah, Barrett says, uh, yeah, we got a rendezvous at the Sector 8 station, split up and and get on the train. Yep. So you got to make your way to the train. Everyone goes their own way. And um, so you're just in this one screen. And when you when you go to the next screen, it shows a little cut scene where there's a bunch of NPCs running around and they're just yeah. frantic because the of two these. of them bump into each other. I Am think I one actually bumps into uh, the character from, oh, the, that's right. from the, the intro cut scene. That's right. Oh yeah. So we we have. So she our, gets knocked over, and yeah, um, our intro cutscene characters back. So the girl we were talking about at the very beginning, who we kind of panned out to the yeah to the city bounce back. Yeah. So uh, then you see Cloud walk out and um, shows the the flower girl, and she's wondering what happened. Right. And uh, so this flower girl, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make my statement now. This is the best character in the game. Yeah. This is the best character, and we still don't get her name yet. Right. So, uh, but. She is. She asks Cloud, "Hey, what what happened? Why is everybody running around? What's going on?" Yeah. And you have a uh, you have two options here yeah. that you can say. I don't remember the. Ne- Do you remember the text yeah. for the options? It's uh, yeah. you better get out of here or nothing. Hey. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Hey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you can either be serious and you know respond to the situation as you should, or you can be like, "Yo, what's up, girl?" Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> which I've always picked the latter one. Which, yeah. You know what's funny is I never really like coded it as like. Hey, what's up? Although Cloud does put his fucking his hands on his yeah. hips, though, oh, like yeah. very sassy. I think it's a flirtatious thing, especially. I think, you're right. I think it. I think it um, plays into something that happens much later, where yeah. this, like this uh, choice, depend. Right. Which I right. don't know if we want to talk about yet, or we, when we get to it. I yeah. Think yeah. Yeah. So that'll be episodes from now. But this. But, uh, yeah. There's a lot of choices like this that seem to be like, oh well, what's this about? Right. But it makes sense later. So if you do choose. Uh, Hey, you know, nothing. Hey, the, the flirtation side. Is that the one, the one you went with? That's all I always go with. Okay, because I, I, I went with the, the, the business one. Does she actually leave if you say that? Yeah. Really? Yeah, she just says, oh, uh, okay, I don't really okay. know what's going on, but see you later. Okay, well, if you if you decide to talk to her, um, you have another option right after that. And one of them is to say, like, oh, hey, you, you have flowers here. And she's kind of carrying a basket full of flowers. Right, right, right. And she goes, oh, yeah, you know, I, I sell these around town. They're only one gill. Gill's money in the Final Fantasy universe. She was the only one guild. Do you want one? And you can choose to go ahead and buy one. And which, if you're playing the game along with us, you should buy one. Yeah. Because it, it blends to a little, a neat little scene here in a little while. Or you can do what I did and not buy one. And then she uh, kind of calls you out for not buying one. Later. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even know that. So oh, when yeah. we get to that, you'll have to tell yeah, me about yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's in this episode too. So we... Oh, really? Okay. Um. So 
she, after that, she'll walk off. So you'll either tell her, go ahead and get out of here and she'll go off or you'll buy a flower from her and, and she'll walk off then. <laughs> and you get to walk through a little bit of the sector where Mega Reactor 1 is at. And just like most of Midgar, it's kind of run down. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, I wouldn't say destroyed. It looks like a future, like a cyberpunk dystopian city. Yes, you absolutely. Uh, one thing that I noticed that I never noticed before is that there's a giant poster for Mount Colts, and that is an area from Final Fantasy VI. Oh, nice. I never noticed that before. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see that there. I Yeah, I have a screenshot here um, for something else where you can interact with certain, like, NPCs here, mm. and um, one of them, I think he's reading off graffiti that's spray-painted somewhere. Or, yeah. And it says, uh, don't, be sh don't be fooled by Shinra. Mako energy doesn't last forever. Mako is the planet's life source. The end is in sight. Protectors of the planet Avalanche. Right, so, so our, our eco-terrorist group that we're part of is also a... Uh, so I guess while <laughs> we were planting the bomb, maybe that's what Biggs Wedge and Jessica were doing. <laughs> we were spray painting. Like, yeah, let's, get, yeah. let's tag this place. Right, right. Kind of warning everybody about the dangers of Shinra and the Mako reactor. But uh, yeah, so yeah, you were saying, you were saying when we're going to the train. So yeah, so um, you get to the next screen and you're just about at the train platform and there is a bunch of Shinra sol soldiers right behind you. And uh, you have the option to fight them, or you can just select the later, later. option and just <laughs> take off. I always fight them. I, I, I always say later. Yeah. I always run away. We're going to have a lot of yeah, good ones gonna, about the. I feel like we go. should coordinate it so we can both beat <laughs> yeah, to our own. Right. But I think a lot of the choices, too, like there's uh -huh. many branching paths. Yeah. So. Um, so you can do that. There's like three rounds of that where you can fight the first ones, and then you move down and you start going to the left, and more soldiers come out, and you can fight them, or later, um, you... And it's just three rounds of that, and then eventually you're surrounded. Right, right. Um, and once you're surrounded, you know, let's say there's nowhere you can go, and all of a sudden the train goes underneath the bridge that you're on at that point that they've cornered you on, and Cloud does his action hero jump to the train, you yep. know, and he, he makes it out of there. And uh, we cut to a picture of inside the train where Barrett, Jesse, Biggs, and Wedge, the, the Avalanche gang is all hanging out, and they all, they all look a little, little crestfallen, mm -hmm. I guess, or whatever. Yeah, they're they're kind of... They think the cloud's gotten captured, maybe exactly. he's been killed, or something like that. Um, Jesse seems pretty broken up about it. She just is musing, and she just says, cloud. Yeah. Cl cloud. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And, Big, Biggs is actually, like, the first thing he says is he's like, oh, do you think Cloud is going to, like, stay with Avalanche, like, now that this job's done? And Barrett's like, how the hell should I know? So, I was watching, and I'll go ahead and uh, do a little call out to another series. Um, Kotaku has a series called Let's Mosey. Oh, nice. And uh, they kind of talk about the translation. And so I would highly recommend everybody go listen to that or, or watch that. It, it's fantastic. He kind of goes into what the different translations are, right? What's changed about our translation. Yeah. Um, and here, uh, various members of Avalanche are asking Barry, you know, do you think Cloud survived? Do you think he's going to fight for Avalanche? And in specific, when they ask if they think Cloud made it, like, you know, do you think he survived? Barrett said, "There's in Japanese, he says, there's no way he's going to die before he's paid. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> right. And so, like, in our version, we kind of get, like, uh, what is yeah, it? Yeah, he gets, he gets a, um, it, it's a similar, like, I feel like a similar sentiment, but he kind of just, it, yeah, he's not like, as fleshed out. It's not as fleshed out. It's not as cool as that. Let's yeah. be like, oh, he's not going to die before he gets paid. All he cares about is money. <laughs> like yeah. money from this uh, job. An interesting thing about it, though, that I that I made note of is that um, when he's talking about like, oh, do you think he's going to join up with us? Uh, Barrett says, if you all weren't such screw ups, which I don't know how to take that. Yeah, if, because it's like if you all weren't such screw ups, a we wouldn't need cloud. Or is it if you all weren't such screw ups? You oh, yeah, embarrass I don't know. me and you want to join our cool club. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you do get the like, 
Like Barrett's a bit of a dad, man. He's a, he's a bit he's, he's a bit a, daddy. Yeah. He's yeah. also explicitly a dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as well. Yeah, and uh, he kind of treats his members of Avalanche like that and kind of yeah. gives them heck. But um, we hear some knocking on the outside of the train, and uh, it's kind of funny because like the first time you hear the knock, all the characters kind of look around and they don't decide that it was nothing. Go, yeah, and they just, just go like back a- to looking around. Yeah. And then you hear it again, and Cloud flips in through the side of the train. So he's, oh, he's back, and yeah, everybody's he excited. He, he hams it up a bunch. He hams it up. Everybody Barrett says, it, Barrett yeah. calls him out on it. Yeah, and every, as soon as they see him, everybody says, Cloud, exclamation points, except for Jesse, who says, Cloud, dot, dot, dot. And so, like, you, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, he, yeah. again. She, it's pretty um, obvious that she's got a crush. Right, right. And so, uh, so Barrett says, you know, we've completed this mission. We're going to move up in the train. Um, everybody follow me. Right, because they're right now they're in like a freight car, so I guess they're gonna yeah. go sit it on the on the benches and everything. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna they're making their way downtown, <laughs> moving fast. They <laughs> <Well>, are <laughs> homebound. Oh, they're all of those things. Oh my goodness, <laughs> they're not going a thousand miles though. No, unfortunately. <laughs> so we get up into the train car, um, and one of my favorite things about the train car. So Bar- Barrett runs in, right? He runs into that train car, and kind of for- is this where he forces everybody to clear out. I think I, that's the second. No, train yeah, one. that's that's when they okay, get to the I'm bar. Sorry, but he, he walks in and everyone there flops down, right? Every, yeah, they all come running in and everyone sees them and they're like, "Yo, we got to get out of here." So yeah, they pretty see much this big everyone dude just books in. it into the next car, um, mm-hmm. including who I, I wrote. I wrote down a note that just said uh, that the crust punks wanted nothing. The crust to do punks with. run away. Yeah, they all leave the train car that we're coming to. Uh, one of my favorite, or one of my favorite characters, is in this. Who is? The homeless man mm-hmm. living on the <laughs> living on the train. Yeah. Who, when you talk to him, just says, "Hey, welcome to my home. You know, make yourselves at home. This is where I live." Yeah, and, and I love that man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I wrote the same thing. I was like, a welcoming homeless man on the train says that you're the only ones who talks to him, and that you're welcome to stay in his home. Yeah, yeah, it's very nice. I was like, what? I want to know about the adventures of that man. Yeah, That's like what that I want guy's, the FF remake. I he's probably <laughs> seen some shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All of disc one of the remake is just going to be that guy's stories. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How did he get there? There's also a very interesting line here where someone says, "Did you see the headlines in the Shinra Times?" I, I also made note of that. How did? Okay, so so what's happened is in the newspaper they've already printed an article about how Avalanche blew up Reactor One. How did the daily newspaper already it's, have that? It's breaking news. They they stopped <laughs> the presses. I was like, they must have e-readers or with the smartphones in this world. Like, oh yeah, like because like they're already like, oh, did you see the headlines? And the yeah, Shinra and this time? guy who's on a train, right? The same train that the terrorists are escaping on. Yeah, the Shinra it just time. happened. <laughs> it just happened. I didn't even think of that. I just made note of how hilarious it is that it's called the Shinra Times. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but uh, I noticed that. I was like, that's that's very odd. <laughs> But yeah, so um, there's a newspaper with uh, details of events that you just did maybe five minutes ago. And then we get a more characterization from Jesse as yep. well, uh, where she kind of tells Cloud as you approach the front of the train, she's like, hey, you know, come, come look at this monitor with me. You know, like, I'll teach you a little bit about Midgar. And, you know, Cloud kind of stands up and does his sassy hand on his hip pose. And, you know, and she goes, no, 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 come closer, step closer, you know. And so you do get a little yeah, bit yeah. of this feeling like, okay. Jesse definitely has the hots for Cloud here. Yeah. yeah. I think that's another um or no, there's something that happens later. <laughs> <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. Okay, well yeah, why don't you take it from there? But yeah, it's a um also you were correct, it is the number one reactor. Um Okay. And it, this is a funny uh, funny thing that I saw where when they're looking at the monitor, she's I think it's Jesse who says like the number one reactor we blew up was in the northern section. It's like you probably shouldn't be talking 
at all about yeah, that. Well, you about should probably you be a little did. more low-key. Like, I get you're, like, hyped and the adrenaline yeah. thing and stuff. <laughs> maybe not talk about the the terrorist attack you just committed. Yeah. <laughs> we also do learn about um, the way Midgar's built here, the city of Midgar. So the city of Midgar is two-tiered. There's kind of a, um, like, you know, the ground on which everyone here on Earth lives, yep. right? Um, and then above everybody living on the ground is a large, what they call a pizza. It's like a large disc. Yeah, it's a giant plate that um, is pretty much where, like, all of the, the people with money essentially go. Right, right. And so they all live up there on top of that plate, and it blocks out sunlight for the people on the bottom. It causes their crops not to be able to grow. Yep, tons of smog and just pollution that just filters down to what what are then known as the slums. Right, right. Another important characteristic about Midgar, which is pretty sad and shows you just how, like, crappy this world has gotten is uh it, that each town that was under like each plate used to have a name but no one in midgar remembers them so all of these places used to have names but then like shinra just kind of took over made these plates and made everything so miserable that people don't even remember what their home is called you know it's a, i think this may be a good time to talk about this too uh so shinra the organization that's pumping uh, mako out of the earth and everything um you know thus far they've kind of been classified as bad guys and i think rightly so uh, and I think it's interesting that in this world, they're a company and a government yep. at the same time. So they're like an independent organization. Like they're a capitalist yep. corporation is what they are. But they have so much power that they're able to s separate people and say like, oh, well, these people work for Shinra so they can live on the top plate because they're our employees. And everybody else has to live in the slums. Yeah. And, and just even going into that, just to kind of like show a little bit more of how much p power Shinra has. Um like, when you're fighting these guards, they're called MPs, which right. is for military police. So right. you're in Shinra, and it's like they're either hiring the military or they just straight up control the military. Right, right. So, And we don't get any sense, I don't think, of any other government, right, yeah. in Midgar. It's just the company. Pretty much just, yeah. And I, just given how everything is, like, where the townspeople don't even remember their names, like, this is just Shinra's territory. Right, yeah, yeah. So we get a real kind of... um latest stage capitalism kind of yep. <laughs> vibe here. Um, yeah, and so, you know, really crappy living for a lot of people, a lot of our heroes, right, who are living in the slums and kind of going around under there. Um, one thing I pointed out is that they say that the pizza is 50 meters in the air. And so I looked that up on Google and I said, how tall is 50 meters? The Leaning Tower of Pizza is 50 meters. Oh. And so, and I said pizza, but the Leaning yeah. Tower of Pizza is 50 meters. And so, like, if you can imagine... Seeing the Leaning Tower and a bat, it's a little taller, so it's a little bit shorter. So the plate is a little bit shorter than that, but that is your sky. Yeah. That is just absolute blackness. Yep. She metal all the way up. You have no sun. You're just under that. You're under that plate 24 7. That's where you live now. Yeah. And so that's actually pretty not bleak. As, it's not as tall as I was thinking. Yeah. And, and I think it's kind of reflected a little bit later here, too. Yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's kind, of a, kind of a sad area. <laughs> so. All right, so I guess the train ride comes to an end. Is there anything else you wanted to say about the train? Yeah, I think there's, uh, I, I, I can't remember if this is the part, I think, I don't think this is the part with the uh, security checks, yes, right? Yes, right, yeah, we're going to So yeah, I mean, I think we can pretty much just blow through the rest of this. There's more dialogue. Yeah, back and yeah, let's start, let's pick it up too a little bit. So we're just kind of like, so we can smash through it a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, um, so we pull up and we're in the Sector 5 slums, is that right? No, Sector seven. 7. Sector 7, my mistake. Yeah, so the train pulls into Sector 7 slums. Uh, all, all the gang and their goofiness kind of jump out of the train. You know, yeah. they're all running around, <laughs> doing all kinds of silly stuff, running into each other. We get a very, like, 
this is a very friendly Scooby-Doo gang of eco-terrorists. Yeah, <laughs> right? scrappy like, little crew. Exactly, yeah. And they're all kind of being silly. And Barrett says, hey, you know, everybody gather up. We're going to go meet at our hideout. So everybody there on the double, you know. And so we, we start booking it over there. Um, now, do we want to... <laughs> is this the... Um, the craziest scene in all Final Fantasies. This is where we talk to Shin, Shin regards, and they. I think it's a little after this. Yeah, a little after this. Okay. Let's see. Okay. We got some hilarious things that are oh, hilarious, troubling things that Shin regards say, and uh, it, it is those guards though, right? Yeah. It's the same one. So we pass. We pass some Shin regards. So the first the ones you see, yeah, there's um, you, you, it's pretty much just blocking you off from going, uh, south, and there's two guards there, and the one is like a real hard ass, and he's like, uh, don't you know who I am? You can't come here. And then the other guy is obviously like kind of a newbie who's um he's like oh wow that was awesome or like it's like oh he, yeah he see, that's I, how it's I actually have it he says well wow you're great yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so um <laughs> th this guy's on training duty and he's like kind of hamming it up being like oh don't you know who i am like you can't pass here right. and then you talk to the other guy and he tries doing that and it's way less effective yeah yeah just, it is super silly he's stuttering his <laughs> words and he's just like oh like uh yeah like don't come over here man yeah he's <laughs> He's the small guy on campus for sure. Yep. Um. So we so we arrive in the uh, sector seven slum. Yeah, like the actual slum itself. You know, we've been walking from the train station, um, and Barrett immediately runs to this bar and is like, "Here, here's the bar we're gonna be in." And you hear gunfire coming from inside the bar, and a bunch of people who I assume are just were at the bar. Yeah, just people just having a drink. Having a drink. Having come a good running time. out. Oh no, you know, because Bear goes in there and is shooting bullets everywhere, being like, "Get out of here! Get out of my bar!" You know, a lot whatever. of unpaid tabs. A lot of unpaid tabs left. Out, yeah. yep. <laughs> so Bear runs in, shoots a bunch, and scares everyone away. Yep, yep. And uh, that's actually you actually have the um, the first instance of seeing Tifa when that happens in all the chaos. She kind of just comes out and runs out onto the porch and then runs back in. Oh really? I yeah. didn't even see that. Mm -hmm. I didn't even notice that. Oh, yep. that's interesting. But um, now there's a bunch of stuff you could do here. You could go to the tutorial area, and it's probably not worth getting super into, but I will say what I think is funny, Kai, you alluded to this earlier, that Cloud is the soldier. He, he all caps soldier, right? So when you go to the tutorial area, instead of the people in the tutorial area teaching you how to play the game, they all go, Cloud, can you please tell me how to do X, Y, Z? And then your character, <laughs> Cloud, is actually teaching them exactly. I really, <laughs> how to I really play the game. That I also liked... Um in the tutorial part where they kind of uh, give characteristics to the um, objects and stuff. It's like, yeah. I'm a treasure chest. Yeah, the treasure you chest with the big flappy inside. mouth. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Very good. <laughs> it is really good. They, they they ham it up a big time there, yeah. So we run into the uh, bar. Which the name of the bar Seventh is? Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Really laying it on thick with the seven references. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and inside we meet our third playable character. Is that right? Yep. So that is Tifa Lockhart. Is that right? Yep. Yep. So she's the bartender at Seventh Heaven and also a member of Avalanche. <laughs> so um, we get real quick, right off the bat, we get the feeling that like, okay, Tifa and Cloud are kind of something. Yeah, they, like they know each other. They have some sort of history. They have some sort of history. And I feel like they're landed on pretty thick with like the knowing flirtatiousness where they're like, haha, you know, we obviously kind of like each other, but we're not going to make a big deal out of it. Like we're here to do a job, but not afraid to be like, you know, a little flirty with each other oh, as yeah. well, right? Um, where uh, she's the bartender, and so you get one of my favorite lines in Final Fantasy VII when she asks, "Do you want something to drink?" Which is, "Give me something hard." Oh yeah, that's yes. oh yeah, yes, that's right, absolutely, that's right. Also, I think, and is it, I think at this point uh, it's playing Tifa's theme, which is like one of I my, don't know, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, 
but uh yeah i mean everyone everyone's back there you're gonna you're finally at your rendezvous point and uh there's also a little girl running around uh, marlene so we meet barrett's daughter right and so barrett's daughter marlene uh, works at the bar which is hilarious because you yep. see her bartending yep. <laughs> when everyone's so, ready to leave she actually becomes yeah, she's the, bartender. the bartender yeah and so she may be like six yeah or like something? five or six five actually, or six yeah. years old bartending yeah but if you bought the flower from earlier when you meet Marlene, Tifa will then say, is that flower for me? And you get an option of giving it to Tifa or giving it to Marlene. Oh, And nice. so you can actually give Marlene the flower who's scared of you because, you know, she's a little girl and you're like this angry mercenary, Great. right? So she's a little scared of you and that kind of like makes her feel a little bit better even though she takes it from you and runs away. Yeah. So as soon as Barrett comes storming into the room right after this, he picks Marlene up. He's super excited to see her. Puts her on his shoulder and says, hey, where'd you get that flower? And she goes, oh, well, Mr. Cloud gave it to me. And then there's a pause because he's kind of pissed at Cloud for being such a dick all the time. Sure. you know. And there's a pause and he just goes, did you thank him? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she like looks away for a second and then turns around and goes, thank you, Cloud. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's very sweet. That's really Yeah. yeah so if, yeah. You, if you don't have the flower, she's just scared of you and just kind of runs away. And I think really? Tifa says something like, oh, Marlene is shy. Yeah, yeah, she says that as well if you give her the flower. She just goes, oh, Marlene, you're shy. So that's super cute. Yeah, so they um, they meet up into their like their secret base. Right, one mo one comment before they go into sure. secret base. And it, to me, it goes along with the fact that there was a My Bloody Valentine poster <laughs> earlier. Above the secret hatch that goes down to the, um, to the base, mm -hmm. there's a sign that says Texas. Yep, it's, it, there's a, a sign that says draft beer, and then under that, in a different <laughs> draft color. Draft beer, Texas. Texas. It, but FF7 is on Earth. It's canon. <laughs> like, it, it takes place Might here. even be in America. Who do you go? Yeah, we can absolutely dive into that. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, they go down there. and uh, So yeah, to, to get to the secret base, there's a uh, pinball machine that I couldn't make out all of it, but it says cowboy something. There's some, <laughs> there's some sort of cowboy pinball machine that uh, I think Barrett just like like slams his fist on it and then it goes down yeah yeah so you you go and there's like a weird elevator thing on this pinball machine that brings you down to the the secret area of the right. uh, of the base so they have a little uh debriefing section where barrett asks cloud was there anybody from soldier fighting us today and cloud kind of smartly mouths off yeah to him, he's just yeah. like dude you wouldn't be here if there was any anyone from soldier <laughs> yeah right right if there was anybody from my old group you none of us would be alive like mm -hmm. That's how, that's how hardcore, it's how badass Soldier is. So we're already getting like this characterization of everybody from Soldiers being unkillable, right? Yeah. So super scary. Um, and uh, Cloud demands his money, mm -hmm. right? He says, I want, you know, I want my money now. And I think Barrett pays him right here, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, do we and Cloud's just... like underwhelmed with, with how much it's paid. Right, right. Yeah, he's underwhelmed with it, and he kind of... He's like, you gotta be kidding me. He uses that a thousand as... Gil. Yeah, but he also uses that as a way to kind of not seem like he's caring about being with this avalanche group and he goes so next time i want this much money is the next thing he says and so jesse and Tiff and everybody are like oh okay so you are gonna come with us for our next mission okay you're not just gonna leave us and get out of here whatever yeah even though you know baron immediately like whoa what the what the heck you did take all my money yep. <laughs> you know he's demanding so much money yeah mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I think this is the scene where Tifa talks about uh, the promise. Right, right. So, yeah, why don't you go into that? Sure. Um, so, Cloud's just kind of being an asshole, kills everyone's buzz, um, and Steve, he's he's ready to leave after he gets paid. And Tifa stops him and says uh, that he forgot his promise from seven years ago. And then you get this little flashback scene where it's like, younger Cloud, young Tifa, who I think is... She, 
she might be wearing a cowboy hat in this scene. No, not no, this that's one. not this one. Oh, she's wearing a dress. The, yeah, the dress. She's in like a green dress. Um, and she, the Cloud's talking about how he's going to leave town and join Soldier and and accomplish great things. And he also says that he's going to be like uh, Sephiroth. Yeah, I believe yeah. it's the first name drop of mm. Sephiroth. Yep, that's the first time we hear about him. Tifa also says that all the boys are leaving town, which in my head I just can't not hear the riff from Finn uh, Lizzie. Yep, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the boys yep. are leaving town. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> yeah, and I think um, the the promise that she's talking about is basically just uh, when he gets big and famous like Sephiroth and is a strong soldier, um, anytime she's in a bind, he'll come and save her. Right. And right. she says, um, I just want that once. Like, I want I want to experience that once for if I'm in a bind, my, my hero comes to save me. Right. Right. Some, so, very, some very cute shit. Yeah, and then Cloud, uh, in, in true, like, he's still kind of an asshole form. He goes, well, I'm not famous, so the, yeah. pro- the <laughs> promise is null and void. Like, I was, like, right, yeah. I, I didn't do what I said I was going to I dropped do, so out of soldier school. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very, very Cloud <laughs> to do that, yeah. So, so we're on our way now. We're going to be going on our second mission, right? Very the much like the day. first. Following day. Going on the next mission. Uh, and we are going to Sector 4, is that? I think it's 5 this time. It's 5 this time, okay, yeah. We'll have I know better th- notes next time. I know. The, well, the Dear train, is, it was funny as the train says it's on its way to Sector 4, and we'll arrive at 11.45. And I was like, Sector 4? And then Sector 5 pops up from there on mm-hmm. out. So I think they are going to blow up the uh, the Mako reactor above Sector 5. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. something. Um, yeah, but and on the way to the train station, you can talk to those two soldiers again, which is something we have to bring up. Okay, yeah, we I think have it's a to... different shift of soldiers because they have completely different character, like like right like personalities. And this um, is probably the first instance. You know, the first if we if we include Jesse, it's not the first instance, but the first instance of something that definitely doesn't play as well. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so day. you can talk to them, and the one guard is saying that uh, he has tickets to Loveless and asks if uh, the other guy wants to go. I which didn't is, even see that yep, he had tickets yep. to Loveless. And I was like, what? oh, Loveless. So it, I, it, Loveless is probably a gentleman's club. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Where it could be when the, you talk to the My other, Bloody Valentine album. <laughs> yeah. But when, you talk to, um, when you talk to the other guy, or I guess Loveless might actually be a band. That probably makes way more sense. I, I My think mind it's an MBV album? Could be. We're going to find that out next yeah. time. We're, we're going to know we're for gonna, sure. Hey, by the way, we're gonna crack this we have mystery. an email address. So if you would like to email us the answers or tweet at us the answers. Or just yell at us. Or just yell at us real loud out the window. It's every F and FF at Gmail. And this is the word every letters F in FF. And so you can send that to us or follow us on Twitter and uh, yell at us and be like, everything you said was wrong. Yeah, and tell us and then we'll maybe have a roundup where we're like, here's what we got wrong. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we'll we'll record some smoochy noises and send them to you if you do that for us. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, the one says like he's got tickets to that and then the other one says, what are you? And drops a, a real, real, real bad word. The that, R-bomb. Yeah, you can't really say it anymore. Uh, yeah. Uh, for good reason. Yeah, he he calls the guy the R word. Calls the guy the R word. I read that and went, "Oh Jesus Christ!" Like I I exclaimed when I read that because I was like, "Oh yeah, 1997 right. was a much different time." It definitely was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just says. I it wish right. we could say that that's the last instance of this. I like, was getting ready to say, if only that could be the only time that that yeah. word pops up. Yeah, we'd let it slip if they did just the one. Right, but right, right. Unfortunately, so, um, we gotta call them out. Yeah, so we'll call you out square. <laughs> Yeah, from over a, over you know, two decades ago. And I wonder how like the Japanese one kind exactly. of some I was of these thinking things. That too. I wonder that. Yeah. Yeah, I always wonder about the localization. Right. So he uh, he calls him the R bomb and um 
we'd run away <laughs> and, and jump on the train. <laughs> and we're heading, so we're, like I said, we're heading to Sector 4, which is interesting. Oh, okay. Yeah. The train actually says it's going to head there, but we're going to ditch the train. Yeah. On the way. So I assume we're going from seven down, like yeah, seven, seven, six, down, so five, four, and we just jump the off. The four line, it's the line that goes to four. Right. So we've decided that we're going to jump off the train, right? We're going to, we're going to get to sector five reactor by jumping off while it's a, you know, mid transit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and we also get, so are we ready to go ahead and talk about the train now? Are we good? There? I think so. There was just a couple of things that, um, th there's just a bit of dialogue. I think from that same soldier or, uh, the same guard, I should say, who, actually says that, like, things are crazy in Midgar since the terrorist attack. Like, it's martial law, and there's rumors that Soldier has been added to the police force. Oh, so I this didn't time see around, that. Yeah, oh. they, they've really tightened up security. And um, also those train punks, those crust punks that we saw, yeah, in, yeah. have um, a really weird little interaction that happened. Yeah, right when we're getting on the train. Yeah, so you can talk to them, and they say, I've had it, me too. And then they say, this is the first time we've agreed. And, and I'm thinking like, okay, they're going to break up and go their separate ways or whatever. It's just a little like flavor yeah. of life going on yeah. here. And then they say like, okay. And they, it looks like they take something and they both pass out. They both fall. I won. So I didn't know what that was. I, had, I, I don't know. I, feel I was like, look, I, sometimes I could be into planking with my friends. I could be like, <laughs> Hey, is, is it time? Is it time to just lay on the ground and be exasperated? Sure. But, like, you know, now that you brought that up, like... It seems like something a little... Like, I don't know if we're going to see these characters again and it'll ha have any more effect, but it seemed to me like they were just like, oh, everything's shitty, our life is shitty, we both agree on this, let's just do it, and they kill themselves. It that's, could be. That's it what it looks be. like to me. That would be an interesting thing to know what it's they all... say in Japanese as well. Exactly. So if you are the Japanese translator... I'll, I'll yeah, no, I'll try it. <laughs> Corey, we're calling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Friend Corey of the Hannigan. show who speaks Japanese. Uh, yeah, friend of the show who speaks Japanese. This, we'll this is for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I'll see if I can find out more about that. Bring it up next week. Sure. So we're on the train. We get a uh, we get we get. So this is an ca unnamed character who entirely optional to talk to. Don't have to talk to him. We see a Shinra manager on the train. Yeah. Right. Which we saw on the train the night before, and he's the one who is actually like, oh, geez, like this is why I hate taking the late train. Yeah, yeah. So every time we get on these trains, he's always on there, and we're always harassing him, right? And this is not the last time we see him either. Um, and he, <laughs> Barrett kind of scares him off of the train, you know? Yep. He's like, oh, these hooligans. And Barrett says, oh, you say something? And he turns around and says, hey, you, you, I'll turn to you. Did you say something? And he's like, oh, man, you know, leave me alone. <laughs> and Barrett kind of, like, scares him off the train, intimidates him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think he, he starts, like, quivering. And, like, if you go up to him, he's, like, thinking to himself. And he's like, oh, man, I can't wait to brag about this. Yeah, he does say that. Yeah. I think also, I think Tifa uh, stops Barrett from, like, just beating the shit out of this guy and then right. she does like a little like gomena side bow right <laughs> right right um and then actually speaking of tifa we get a kind of a redux of the jesse scene from the train from earlier mm -hmm. where tifa is looking at the same monitor that yeah. jesse was on the train and says hey come come take a look at this uh yeah <laughs> this uh screen of midgar here or whatever and take a look at it you know and he walks in and she goes, oh, no, get a little closer or whatever. Yeah. So we see the same thing. So Tifa also, like I said, Cloud and Tifa obviously have some flirtatious stuff going on yeah. between them. So I think, doesn't she also say, uh, I might have misread it or something, but doesn't she also say like, oh, it seems like you've done this before? Yeah, so yeah. So I'm yeah. not sure if that's like a thing, if the Jesse thing was optional and that could affect things later on. I don't on. know. Yeah. But um, this flirt mechanic. This flirt mechanic going on. So then the uh, the ID check system for the train yeah. begins. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the trains have kind of an automatic ID checking system and checks everybody's ID to make sure that they're allowed to be on that train, right? 
Um, so these were made the night before we learn. Um, and Jesse, who obviously has a little bit of a crush on Cloud, says, oh, I'll make yours special. You yep. know, I'll make I'll make this one special for you. So the ID system comes on and Clouds triggers it yep. because something that Jesse did in the ID when she tried to make it special for Cloud to make this fake ID didn't work and the system detects it and all of a sudden we have flashing red lights going on and yep. a message saying all oh, the train's going to be in lockdown and so the train yeah the train starts locking down i think it gives you a 15 second counter and you have to yeah. run to the next train so that way you next don't car just get here. yeah the next car i should say um so you don't get locked into that one and you just keep making your way down and until you get to the the final uh train there and and you all decide that you're going to jump out right right so so we jump out, um, and we are in the train tunnel, and it's just kind of like a subway train tunnel, you know? Yep. Like, when I was looking at it, I was like, oh, it looks like if we jumped off the septa line. Yep, <laughs> exactly. We're walking around, you know? So um, so you can go in two directions at this point in the tunnel. I love the fact that you can go the so, wrong direction. So they say, okay, it's up this way, so you're and supposed to try And they clearly tell you, like, go up They tell you several here. times. So, in in my mind, especially because there's a point later in the game where there's a similar thing, and there's an if you keep running backwards, there's actually a really good materia, yeah, I think. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's this part, and I start mm -hmm. running back, and I keep running back, and keep getting random encounters, and yeah, finally make back, it all the yeah. way to the end, and there's two Shimra guards, mm -hmm. and they attack you, and I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess they're really trying to like make you earn this prize that you right. get here. So I'm gonna keep doing this, and yep. I, I took. I, I, I took note of how many phases I did, and I think it was something like I hit 10. Really? I was, I was like, something's oh not right here. Uh, Yeah, so there is an unending stream of Shinra guards I, that come out after you. <laughs> I consulted the uh, the ancient texts of uh, Game Facts and <laughs> found out that, no, that's just never ending. Yeah. <laughs> you said they fought them all. Yep. I fought them once. I wanted, to, I wanted to just see it. Yeah, no, I did it like 10 times. I was like, okay, soon it'll be like, cool, we're free now. And then, right. Nope. <laughs> so I'm glad I it's looked amazing. it up instead of just dedicating like an hour of just being like, when does this end? How did yeah. I do this when I was yeah. a kid? So, so if you don't go that way and you go the quote unquote Correct right way, way <laughs> right, you'll come to these like uh, like security beams, right, that are making sure that nobody's running around down there. And um, if you approach them, clown cloud actually says, you just call him clown. I did call him clown. He's a clown. He's a clown. Oh. He, he says. It would be silly to be caught by these now. Like, we've already gone so far. It would be just silly if you tried to do this. So there's a little ventilation shaft because this is, this is Metal Gear Solid, baby. Yep. We're getting in the ventilation shafts. Hideo Kojima joint. Yo, this is, this is like proto Kojima. Proto Kojima hours. We're getting. So jump into there, um, jump into the vents. We crawl around in the vents a little bit, and we actually find Jesse in the vents as well. Yeah, um, who's like, okay, she explains. She, she admits that it was her fault that everything went to shit. Yeah, the, the which ID again, caught. I'm not sure how much I like that characterization. Right, kind of like, oh, of course it's the girl who's always messing up. And like, come on, you could have made it. It, it, the way she says it and everything is very like, oh, it was me or whatever, blah blah blah. But yeah. you know, uh, you know, it is very damselly, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna mark that one into one that doesn't hold up well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we see the rest of the cast kind of acting as guards, as as watchouts, right, to make sure the soldier isn't coming, to make sure the, yep. the MPs aren't coming to get us while we're trying to do this next mission. Um, 
And I think that that's pretty much it until we actually get up in front of yep. the next reactor. Yeah, right? the only other thing I had was that uh, Barrett says, that's one damn tiny hole. You telling me to squeeze into that and go into the plate? No yeah. way. And then he instantly yeah, just baby. like goes into cloud and like disappears. He, he's like, oh, he that squeezes vent is... into yeah, cloud, like, tiny hole. Yeah, yes, he's he like, does. That, that vent is so small. And then he just like disappears. Logs right in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, so we're in front of the... Um, in front of the reactor, it looks a lot like the first reactor from the tutorial mission of it the game. It might even just be an identical model. Like... <laughs> right, it says 1998 right <laughs> on the top, just like the other one. And uh, this time, something a little different happens. Mm -hmm. um, so, Cloud has a little bit of a freakout here, too. Same, and... same thing with the hissing noise. Mm -hmm. and the... Yeah, but this time, instead of just a voice, we get a flashback. Yep. And so, as of this time, it's kind of undated. We're not really sure when it is, yep. right? But um, he kind of goes into this flashback and sees, uh, I guess it was uh, something from when he was younger, when he was a soldier, when he was part of soldier, right? Yep. And we see Tifa in a cowboy hat yep. um, over her dead father. By a big-ass sword. By a big-ass sword. Like this eight-foot-long, ridiculous katana-looking thing. <laughs> and uh, she says you know, to her father's body, oh, Sephiroth did this to you, didn't he? And runs off with that sword. And you know, runs runs off in some direction, right? And I don't think there's any input from Cloud there, right? He's just remembering this scene. I, I'm pretty sure, yeah. He just sees that, and it, it, and out of context, it just makes no sense. Like, right? Yeah. The player we, doesn't know what's going on. Cloud doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. It's just so something that, he could be hallucinating. He might be remembering something from the past. Obviously, they're both younger in this one. Yeah, it um, seems like something from the past. Right. Right. But yeah, we see this kind of like harrowing scene of Tifa over her dead father, right? And, and another so name drop of Sephiroth. Yeah, we hear Sephiroth again. So Sephiroth done something. You know, did Sephiroth do this to you? Kill? You know, Sephiroth killed Tifa's father, and uh, we'll get more into that later. But uh, you know, we start getting this feeling that there's a little bit of uh, history here. Like, yeah. There's a little bit of a tragic history between these three characters, Cloud Tifa and Sephiroth. And that Cloud isn't as like dependable as you would think he is, being that you're he's your avatar in the game, and you know you're always in control of your avatar. But it's starting to be like, oh well, what's going on with this? And like, mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. sort of breaking that convention, right? Yeah. And actually, here is an interesting thing, Barrett. Uh, expresses a little bit of disbelief about Cloud being Tifa's childhood friend. Yeah. Yeah, so he, he's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know about you guys or whatever. Like, he doesn't, like, go into it very yeah, much, he, but he he's just like, look, I don't, I don't care, yeah. you know? Like, Cloud calls him his chaperone. And, yeah. And he says, yeah. like, yeah, being Tifa's friend isn't good enough. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he needs to prove himself more than just... That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I might have been reading a little bit more into Could that be. than I should have, but yeah. Um, so we plant the bomb. This time, no timer. This bomb isn't a timed Jessie's one. Jesse's upgraded her bomb making skills. This now has a remote detonator. <laughs> right, right. And so we start our way out of it, and then we get to the greatest piece of Final Fantasy VII: the button pushing mini game. I was just gonna say, uh, yeah. yes, it is. It's great. Ha is in quotation marks great. Uh, -huh. uh Do you want to tell us about that one? Yeah. So <laughs> there's um a little console with like three keyboards on it, and Barrett and T Tifa go on one side of it, and you have to go to the other. And they say, "Oh, the door's only going to open if we all hit the button at the same time." Right. And then that starts the thing. And where there is no one, two, three, go or anything. No, it just throws you in, and and Barrett and Tifa do it at the same time. And, and you, you look like a big doofus. And you doofus. look like an idiot to throw in your hands <laughs> off. Like, All right. And you use up. both of your hands. Uh -huh. Everybody Everyone, uses yeah. both of their hands. It looks like they're smacking the table. Yep. And so you all have to like demand photos of Spider-Man at the same time. And I, I feel <laughs> like it it's got to like. I, I feel like it's got to be like a one frame window or something because I It's kept, so tight. I got so close where and there's like a little bit of a uh, like a, an a audio cue yeah. where it's like boop, 
And like I got one one time where it was like, and yeah. it was like, not, it's not nope, good enough. Didn't work. No, was it, like, it is so tight, so that timing window. But like I said, no timing, no no timer on the bomb this yeah, time. If that it was like a devious, timer on the bomb, yeah. it would be like, I would be so furious. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we get the... we. <laughs> So you finally hit the buttons. Yeah, yeah you finally hit the you buttons. You master that, that minigame, which oh my is goodness. never done again. They should what make that thing. in Gold Saucer. Yeah, like, yeah, just that's playable. a game that you can come play later, a minigame. Get the high score. This? Yeah, get the high score. Get the closest. Um, so this time, so a lot of the Maker Reactors look the same. And so our way out of the Maker Reactor looks the same as it did for the first one, yep. right? It's, they're all built the same. Yep. And this time, as we're just about to get to where we dodged the blast last time and ducked into that hole were met with a score of Shinra soldiers instead. Yep. Yeah. They just kind of got the drop on you, and it, it kind of becomes pretty apparent that this was a, a trap. Yeah, this is a setup, yeah. So, so something's happened. There could have been a mole. There could be... Some, they, yeah, who knows, but... But, but something's on, going on. both on. sides, you're surrounded by uh, soldiers, and then down the catwalk, someone else is walking. Right. Towards you, the way you came. So there's this uh, chubby man, this like, rotund individual, is balding, <laughs> walking toward you, and we learned that this is the president of Shinra. So this is the dude upstairs. Yep. The guy who's in the charge of dog. this. The big dog. in charge of the military, in charge of the company, you know. Uh, kind of has the vision for Shinra, shitty as it is, right? Yep. And he himself has come to kind of give you a little hello, right? And uh, Barrett, you know, freaks out and is like, this is this is the guy. You know, this is who we're yep. up against, you know. Um, and is it? Is it Cloud that says "long time no see" to him? I th I think um I think President Shinra says that to him, or Cloud says that to him, and he says, "Oh, I don't know you." And then he says, "Oh no, I do know." No, no, no. He's I, a little confused could, at first. Yeah, someone. I think I th long time no see. Oh, you? Yeah. yeah. And then Cloud says, "I don't know you." And then there's another one of those flashes that says, "I do know you." And he, that's right. Oh, he hears I the do voice again. Yeah. So yeah, it says, another I do thing know where you. Cloud's memory isn't all there, but right, he's having conflicting things like, "Oh, I don't know yeah. who this guy is." Oh, I do. And, know and like you said, being that he's the avatar for the player, you know, we're kind of being introduced to the idea that like you can't necessarily trust everything Cloud says. Yeah. Like it could just be ignorance, or it could be some sort of trauma, or who knows, right? But not everything that he says is going to be accurate. Right. Or is this voice inaccurate? This, yeah. You know, we don't it's know. Like we don't know who the unreliable narrator is at this point, and right. things are just confusing. Right. And, like, pretty much any time it happens, Cloud kind of just shakes it off, and he's like, oh, that was weird, like, whatever. Like, Yeah, and he, he like, just kinda, moves on. Yeah, he, he kind of acts yeah. like nothing happened. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No. So, um, but uh, an interesting thing is that um, President Shinra says, like, oh, so it was you who quit Soldier and joined Avalanche. So it mm. seems like they, they knew that Avalanche was... Had to have some sort of like help, outside help, because uh, you know, like a ragtag group of people right. need some serious firepower to be able to pull off what they're doing. Right, right. And he says that he he knows that he was in soldier because of his eyes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we learned about Mako infusion here, don't yep. we? Um, so Cloud's eyes, those are bright green, aren't they? I think so. There's something, th this gets brought up a lot. I think this is the first instance of it, but they say that you have like uh, Mako eyes. Like yeah. there's something going on with your eyes where. That's how you, that's like the mark of a soldier. Yeah, yeah. The way they can tell the all caps soldiers is that they have these eyes that you can see them. So I, I think that, you know, they're like bright colored and and they've been Mako infused at some point. Yeah. So something about the lifeblood of the planet has been like injected into them, or maybe they snorted it. Yeah. You know, or maybe they rolled it up in a little dew before they <laughs> joined soldier, but they've they've ingested that Mako somehow. Right? Yeah. 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 
I took a hit of that Mako. <laughs> Yo, bro, get a hit of this live stream. They're mm. in an M hole. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, but the pre- another little bit, uh, the president says that, like, oh, sorry, like, I don't remember your name. Like, I can't be, I can't remember everyone's name unless you're Sephiroth. Because yeah. Sephiroth was awesome. He was brilliant and perhaps too brilliant. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, I... I didn't write down enough of President Shinra's monologue here, yeah. and so it's kind of like, oh, I'm like, kind of There's some, part, Yeah, no, but, that's, that's totally fine. But he doesn't reveal any plans at this point. Is that correct? No, nothing really. The only thing that he says is um, he calls the the boss that you're about to fight something like a techno soldier or something hilarious. Yes. Okay, so this is this is a fire that I wanted to talk about yeah. a lot. Yep. Um, so he tells you to meet Airbuster, yep. a techno soldier. Techno soldier, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so he says, our weapon development department created him. <laughs> and so he rolls out this machine, right? This uh, Before, he gets on his helicopter first, right? Yes, yes, before he fights. Yeah, he escapes on a helicopter. Yeah, so a helicopter before. comes in and swoops in and saves him, which... Cloud goes a... after him. So, yeah, so the Airbuster's right. on the catwalk, and Barrett and Tifa are behind it, and it's starting to, like, advance on them. So they're backing up. Right, and, and Cloud, Cloud is run. Cloud yeah. goes after President Shinra, and Sh- President Shinra's like, peace. Yeah. Jumps in a Which, helicopter for and takes a rotund man. Yeah. He gets on that helicopter real with quick. no ladder real quick. <laughs> real yeah, quick. Yeah. So he He's takes off, agile. and then it um the, the catwalk's like kind of a T-shape, and Cloud runs back, but he's now behind this uh this Airbuster, right. this techno soldier, as right. it were. So it's in between yeah. Barrett and Tifa and Cloud. And this sets up uh, another battle type, kind of showing you that there's different types of battles and different strategies, right. again, with another mm-hmm. boss fight, yep. where Tifa and Barrett are on one side, Cloud is on the other. Yeah. And this is the best boss, for this reason, is the first time that we hear the boss music yeah. in Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. And yo, it slaps. It's so good. It slaps. It's so good. It has this, like, thrash metal guitar, yep. like, undertone. And, like, whereas I feel like a thrash metal a lot of times can be very, like, one key, kind of one note. You know, it'll sit on the, like, if you're playing in standard, it'll sit on the E, you know? Yep. This has now become a music theory podcast. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, <laughs> it really goes places. This, the whole soundtrack is fantastic. But I remember being younger, playing this when it came out, and being like, what in the world am I listening to right now? Yep. It is fantastic. Very what good. a song! Yep, is, is it those that fight? Is that the name? I of think it? that might be the name. I, I, is those that fight or those that fight further. I think it's the man with the machine gun. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> that's another boss <laughs> or battle theme that's left. <laughs> <laughs> Different game. Yeah, <laughs> you should go look this up on YouTube if you don't know the song already. Go check it out. It's the boss people Final Fantasy VII, and if you hear some screaming guitars, good chugs okay. at the beginning, then you are listening to the right one. It slaps. It's so good. I'm super into it. So I was like, I was writing that down in my notes when mm-hmm. I first fought him. I was like, oh, this is the one. This is the important one right here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so many notes have just been like, this song slaps. Like the entire soundtrack slaps, but there's but, some that. Oh, that oof, what a jam. What a jam. Oh, yeah. So is there anything really like, there's not really that much special about the Airbuster itself, right? No, I think it counterattacks on like every hit. So you got to kind of yeah. be careful with that. Sure. Uh, it like, um, it's that two. T- Two on one battle mechanic, like yeah. two on one side one. And if you hit something that's not facing you, you do twice the amount of damage, or like one point five. Maybe I didn't. You do more that. damage that to makes it sense. if it's facing you. Yeah, because yeah. and that that comes up later if you get a preemptive strike too. You right. do more damage. Right. So, but it'll also counterattack and just sh- it has like little machine guns on its back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it'll turn around and try and attack you, and then you know that changes the strategy right. a little bit. I mean, it's a pretty easy boss fight. Yeah, it's not bad. Like it's. It, but what's important is what happens after you beat it. It so. drops a Titan bangle. <laughs> <laughs> it does do that, but that's not what's important. 
We're going to be coming back to that Titan bangle every episode. Oh, it yeah. is the plot device of the- a seven. <laughs> Yo, this bad boy blows up. Just, yep, just Floats. explodes and... Tifa and Barrett are safe on their side of the catwalk, right. but, but Cloud yeah. falls and is hanging on. Right, he is hanging on to this catwalk and tells you immediately, like, I don't know, like, I'm I'm slipping, right? Yep. Like, he's he's about to fall. And remember, the Midgar is like this pizza with this, you know, 50 meters up in the air is where the reactors and everything are. So you're considerably... He's going to quite a ways. Yeah, it's going to be a long fall. Yeah. Um, and you, you get these two options. When um, you're falling, Barrett says, hey, are you going to be all right? And your options are be strong <laughs> or I don't know if I can hold on. Yeah, you got to go be strong. And uh, going back to what, um, what I was saying earlier about that that show, Let's Mosey, again, everybody should go watch it. It's great about the translations. Um, one thing they don't do in the Japanese, but they do in the American version is, again, they kind of like unnecessarily gender something if you pick I don't know if I can hold on uh, Barrett says stop crying like a woman uh, which is like come on come on Barrett come on 90s come different on. time he's so progressive with his political ideas mm-hmm. but not so much with uh, his yeah gender ones so but I again you could say minor but Come on! It all it Come all adds up. We're, we're gonna we're gonna mark that one in the right. And, and again, like yo, no one loves Final Fantasy more than we do. Yeah. And I think the thing is that like when you really love something and you want to see it grow and be good, you can't be afraid to be like, hey, that's yeah, you not gotta call great. Out something you gotta call it out when it happens. So we're gonna be doing that throughout. There's a lot in this game. That's not <laughs> there really is. Yeah. Um. All right. So either way, whether you pick be strong or I don't know if you can if I can hold on. Cloud suffers the same fate. There's uh, the explosion happens, right? The explosion from the bomb that you set up earlier. Yep. And it rattles the catwalk, and Cloud loses his grip and falls, right? And there's a hilarious <laughs> scene of him falling where he's just kind of like a not even a rag doll. Like he's just he's just like I feel like he's stationary and he's just he's falling. completely stationary with all of his limbs pointing in like different directions, mm-hmm. like like an X, right? And just wobbling down yeah. and just like falling down right and like his face actually turns to look where he's falling but he doesn't convulse or anything yeah, he just keeps just, his arm he keeps his limbs out there the whole time and pure it is instinct the, it's the he's funniest pure thing. instinct it's like when a cat falls yeah it's like when a cat falls it's the best and whenever i see it i'm always like cloud <laughs> like this is silly yeah an- another quick important detail i think or not that important tifa tells cloud that he can die and there's still so much he wants to tell oh that's right yeah, yeah you're absolutely right so again kind of hinting at this, this romantic mm-hmm. yeah thing between them um so we're going to get to the last part of our uh cast today mm-hmm. and we're really going to meet my favorite character again yeah so cloud lands on a church right yep. and he just completely like makes a hole in the roof falls through and he lands in a flower bed yep. right and we see the girl from earlier yep and so yep so he lands the i think the music changes here too to one of my favorite songs oh. in on this disc to flowers blooming in the church which okay. is a great theme um there's like a, a bit of weird back and forth dialogue again just with the unreliable narrator like not yeah. really sure what's going on something about like scraped knees and back then it might be like Cloud remembering Tifa, but he's also kind of having a conversation in real time with someone else. Yeah. And right. he gets woken up. Or is up. it with himself? Or it's, it might be it's, himself. Yeah, it's it's really up in the There's air. There's a lot of weird like stuff like that, like not sure who who's the one talking. But, right, um, right. Then uh, he gets woken up by the flower girl from from the Sector 5 slums. Yeah. And um, like, like you said, he lands in the flower bed. Right. So... Yeah, so the flower girl is here. She kind of finds him, and um, 
This character's name, look, canonically, look, look, is Eris. Okay. <laughs> okay. I was. I mean, I have in my notes that um, you get you get prompted, and her name is Eris. And yeah. you can you have the option to change every playable character's name. And, right. And I was going to say that if you don't change it to Aerith, then you're a cop. But it's <laughs> so <laughs> I I changed it to Aerith. But that's another thing too. It's like where it's did the demo all that disc? Right. I, I, there were two demo discs for Final Fantasy VII before it came out mm-hmm. uh, of the opening bombing mission, and it doesn't happen in the actual game, but in the demo discs. One of them has Tifa and the other one has Aerith. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I think that's where that comes from. Yeah. It definitely says Aerith in that one. So though. this is kind of a thing that I think like the, the Tweet at us. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start a poll. <laughs> yeah. That expires. Yeah. Whatever in, the poll says is right in no nine, matter what. In nine months. Her name is Bodie McBoatface, and that's <laughs> canon now. Shit. That's what it is. Yeah. So um yeah, there's there's discussion about if it's Aerith or Aerith. I Right. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> um, yeah, so like I said, this is my favorite character. I love Eris so much. And the reason I do is that we've seen her three times now. And each of those times, she kind of seems like she's going to be this very, like, pious. Uh, yeah, like, non-like. Yeah, completely non-threatening. And, like, again, kind of a stereotypical character, a lot yeah. of things. A lot of times women play this stereotypical character in games. Yeah. Probably unfairly. And maybe makes a little bit of an issue, right? Yeah. Um, But... I feel like we very quickly get the idea that Eris is hilarious. Yeah. Like she tells jokes the whole game. Yeah, and she dunks uh, on Cloud too. Dunks like, on subtly. him constantly. It's so and it's so funny. She's so subtle about all mm-hmm. of it. Um one other thing I was reading about is uh so so she asks Cloud what he's doing. Like, who are you? Like wh- what's going on, you know? Uh and she's asking him, what do you do? And he goes, Oh, me, I do a little bit of everything. Yep. In the Japanese her pet name for him is Mr. Everything Man. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, so when she says bodyguard in this one, she's actually saying Mr. Everything because oh, he says so he does a little bit of everything. That's re- And so she makes fun of him like this the whole game about it. And yeah, like, like he's trying to be the sly, he's trying to flirt, and she's just not having it. Right, right. And, but and also, kind she of, is. She's having yeah. a little bit, but she's not just like, ooh, like, ooh. Yeah, yeah she's not like falling over him the way like we're kind of seeing she's with like, other okay, characters. She's like, okay, jack of all trades, okay. Yeah, yeah. And like, and she constantly does this throughout the entire game, and she always seems to be like the one who has these like cheeky comebacks all the time yeah and that's what i love about her character is that like okay where's the flower girl you know she's in a church it's gonna be very you know yeah she really like clean and everything and we you know very quickly find out like she's very open with like her dating past she talks about that right and like it doesn't shy away from that like it's kind of messy you know there's kind of some dudes she was with they weren't so great and we learn more about them in a bit but like I, I think that character is awesome. Yeah. I love Eris in Final Fantasy VII. So hopefully nothing bad will happen to her. Hopefully she sticks around. I hope she sticks around the whole game. Great. Yeah. I feel like um, yeah. Another thing that I really loved is uh, you get an option here when she's like, "Oh, do you remember me?" And you can say, "Oh yes, you're the flower girl." Yeah. Or you can say, "Yeah, I remember you. You were the slum drunk." <laughs> which yeah, is great. I never like, picked it. I never yeah, picked I, it. I don't think I ever have either. Even like yeah, yeah. knowing the mechanics of why you might want to pick that, like I think I can never be that mean. I think there's I know, like an Onion know, article or something where yeah. it's like polite man playing JRPG yeah. had a hard time making like asshole character be an asshole. Yeah, and yeah. That's like how I play. I know. Him. Me too. Me too. So yeah, you you um. You say, yeah, I remember you were the flower girl. And, she, and if you didn't buy the flower from her, she's like, yeah, you didn't buy a flower from me. But that's, really? That's fine. Like <laughs> a little bit that. of shade. Yeah. Um, 
she also kind of really quick one-off mentions a materia that she has. She says, oh, you got materia in school and everything. She says, I have one. It's useless. good for nothing. It's useless. It's good for nothing, she says. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. And uh, Cloud says, he, he decides he's going to mansplain a little bit. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, good for nothing. You probably just don't know how to use it. She goes, yeah, she yeah. Goes, yeah no, I do. It just doesn't do anything. Yeah, I like, like that. She immediately goes, yeah. no, yes, I do. She's not like, oh, maybe. Yeah, she's yeah. just like, nope. She goes, no, yeah, I I know how to use it. Yeah. Like, stop your stop your BS here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, she says she just uh what does she say about it? She's like just likes having it on her. It, it was her mother's, so it's it's comforting. That's to right, her. right, right. And then um while we're talking, like in the middle of this discussion, like without any fanfare, without any introduction, some characters start walking in from the door. Mm-hmm. Right. So we get these um we get some Shinra soldiers and a dude in a in a nice uh nice fresh nice fresh Fresh ass blazer mm-hmm. and some nice sunglasses, right? Yeah. And a red mullet. I hear they're like a ponytail. I think maybe? it's a ponytail. It's a ponytail. Yeah, I you're thought right. it was a mullet, but then I think in Advent Children, he's got the, okay, the, the right, ponytail. Yeah. So, and he's been kind of listening to the end of this conversation, and Eris sees him kind of out of the corner of her eye, and quickly asks Cloud, like, "Hey, have you ever been a bodyguard? Yeah. Hey, so, Mr. Jack of all trades, can you be my bodyguard? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, probably oh, won't ever come up, but will you be my bodyguard? Yeah, just in case, you know, in case that happens. <laughs> yeah. And so, um. They go ahead and book it. They don't even wait for this character to introduce himself or anything. They just go ahead and head out the back of the church, right? And we get an introduction to Reno, the Turk. The Turk. The Turk. With the Turk's theme, with the... Oh, my God. <laughs> Such a good song. Another song really you have to go look up. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so I think I actually misspoke earlier when he was meeting uh, President Shinra. I had my... My thoughts mixed up. Um, this is actually where he says, like, I don't know you. Then there's the flash, I know you. That is right. Cloud that is does right. recognize him or That's kind right. of recognizes That's right. him. I'm just trying to be meta and throw off yeah. the listeners with all of this, like, yeah. weird memory <laughs> right. stuff going This will make them play the it's game. It's not that I have a shitty memory and <laughs> took bad notes. <laughs> so, so we meet Reno from the Turks. We don't really know much about the Turks right now. Um, there's been a, a kind of, I would not even a running gag, during this conversation with Eris and... Uh, as Reno starts walking to catch up with them, we've heard twice now, don't step on the flowers. Yep. Right? So there's flowers in the, in the middle of this church. This that is really hands good. On. I like this Such a lot. Such a good scene. It's one of the things I remembered, too, like yeah. when I, from when I played it when I was younger. And so he walks right over the flowers, just steps just right on them. them. And as soon as he tells the Shinra guards who he's with to follow him, he says, oh, don't step on the flowers. And they all immediately all just like, go, Reno, you just stepped on the flowers. Yep. <laughs> it's like, great, too, because I was taking the notes about it. And I'm like, Reno walks through the flowers like a total asshole. He also uh, here mentions that uh, Cloud had uh, Mako eyes. That's He's right. like, this guy had Mako eyes. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I was writing down, like, hey, this asshole like, just walked through the flowers. And then he starts saying, like, oh, yeah, guys, don't walk through the flowers. And I was like, what a hypocrite and stuff. And yeah, then, like, yeah. I take down that note, and then I hit A, and they're all dunking on him. I'm like, that. Yeah, I mean, they all dunk on him. My favorite line in it is, you're going to catch holy hell. <laughs> is it one, yeah. of the, one of the... Yeah, yeah. And one of the soldiers go, they're ruined. <laughs> <laughs> like, very... They're up ruined. And they're ruined. <laughs> so... We all we we catch up with Cloud and Eris, and they are trying to escape out the back of this church, but there's no door on floor level. Yep. Instead, what we have is a bunch of fallen debris that kind of leads to a way up out of the roof. Yep. Right. And so we get another baffling mini game. Yep. Like whether this one or the button, <laughs> the button mashing is more baffling. I don't know. But I feel like this one's a little more baffling. It is. Like, it makes no sense. But as they're jumping, Eris. Uh, 
is about to jump over a gap. So what happens is they they actually uh, the the soldiers um, come into the room and they say the ancient is getting away and they open yeah, fire yeah. and Aerith slips and falls down to the basement of the church right because she's getting fired at right yeah, it's not, yeah. yeah. so um, and so she's now at the basement of the church with the Shinra guards and Cloud is up in the rafter yeah. And so she asked Cloud, like, Cloud, you know, come help me. And you have a couple options. You can tell her to run away or hold on just a minute or stay and fight him. Yep. Um, and there are barrels set up yep. in the rafters for whatever reason. You know. It seems like a safe place to put those. Have you ever been in a church, Curtis? Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you don't know about the, the raptor yeah, barrels? Yeah, I know. Well, I was... See, I was a Protestant when wow. I was younger, and so it might be a... It's a Catholic church. It's filled with the, the communion. Yeah. <laughs> so there's these, these barrels of communion wafers up in the rafters, and um, you can push them down in a specific order yeah. to fall on the Shinra guards or run them over or block their path. And there is, like, no correlation no. from where those barrels are positioned to how they're going to eventually roll down to the bottom. So it's entirely possible to push all the barrels, nothing to happen, and Eris is just like, really? Yeah. Can really? You hit, can you hit Eris with them? I don't think so, but I maybe. Yeah. I, never, I don't I, know. I, I, I just kind of. I looked. I knew it was coming, so I looked it up before I did it this time. I just, <laughs> I just did it like just like as a casual thing, but I, I got it correct because I'm a pro gamer. And oh, wow. Awesome. No, it's You've just been enough time in Catholic well, church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I know my way around a church. But no, um, I just I, I did it and I kind of just I think the way to like think about it is like. Aerith is here. Aerith is here. Um, the guard is there. So, like, I would try and cope with, like, uh, even trying to explain this, it makes sense in my brain, but it doesn't make sense in yeah. Jersey. But, like, the bottom barrel corresponds with Aerith. So, like, how the other ones go to it. That's how right. I looked at it. And I, I got, got it right. Yeah. Okay. That works then. Yeah. I got I, it. was a 25% chance on the first one to get it right. And I got it right. And it, yeah. And then right. it was, you know, a, an easier chance. Of... So, you save her from the Turks. She makes it to the rafters with you. Um, and you book it on out of there. Yep. And we get a cute little scene of them walking across the um, debris. The debris, yeah, by the roof and everything. Um, and this here, Cloud kind of explains what the Turks are, and he says that they're a Shinra organization, and that their thing is they're scouting for possible soldiers. Yep. So that's kind of their deal. Yeah. And they're into a bunch of other stuff too. He said some side stuff. Uh, yeah, some some other dirty stuff on the st- side. Yeah. Spying, murder. You know. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> All that. Yeah. And Eris uh, asks Cloud, this is where Eris asks Cloud, were you ever in Soldier? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of yeah. goes into that uh, spiel. Yeah. Um, and um, I think this is also kind of, uh, another funny thing is Cloud's like, why are they after you? And she says, oh, I don't know. Maybe they think I'm good enough to be in Soldier. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so like already she's like being a goof, you know? Yep. I mean, like Because she's kind of giving him shit with it, you know? And she's like, hey, maybe I'm good enough to be in Soldier. Yeah. And I love that when she jumps across the thing, it's just, as, as soon as she like, finishes a jump she'll sit there and be like Whew. yeah all right <laughs> it's like, also great she does like an arm pump animation like three right. times like she's prepping herself to jump and then she, yeah because cloud is just a total try hard and he's just like skipping yeah. across yeah, like, he's like, skipping. and she's like yo yeah. wait up like yeah yeah you're supposed to be protecting me i like that uh not in this uh so they, they fixed some things about the translation for the switch mm-hmm. um yeah the, i like in the original one she says huff wheeze and i was always like like the idea of being like, like, like wheezing about to die, you know. That's so really good. We're coming up to the end of this episode, mm-hmm. um, where we come to sector six. Is that right? Is that where we are? These sectors, I tell you, yeah, so confusing. But I think we're in sector six, where Eris lives. Um, and I think that we should save some details about sector six for the next episode. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and um, she says, "Hey, we're gonna go to my house, right? Like I live nearby. 
we'll go there. We'll talk about what we're going to do next. And you kind of get the feeling that Eris is kind of like into this, like, there could be an adventure happening, right? And yeah. just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, kind of into seeing what's going yeah, on. Yeah, see right? what's going to happen here. And so we um we run through the Sector, Sector 6 slum to her house, or her mother's house, mm-hmm. who inexplicably lives in a well-lit uh, yeah. garden with, like, a nice, clear, fresh pond outside. So, like, again, like, they hit it, they hit it really hard with all these, like, holy kind of, like, pure things. And that's kind of why I like Eris again, is that, like, her actions don't necessarily reflect, yeah, or at least reflect the idea, I guess, that people have yeah. of like quote unquote goodness. It's more of like a oh a goodness of character more yeah. than like oh purity. Yeah, then, you know? yeah, right. Um, yeah, and that is where we're gonna leave it off today. Do you have anything else you want to say about it? No, I think that's I think that about does it. All right. So if you're gonna play along with us, the next episode is gonna be starting here, and we're gonna go through Wall Market, which is gonna be. An adventure, yep. especially for two cis straight white men mm-hmm. to talk about. Yep. So we look forward to your Twitter responses and emails on yes. that one. Uh, like there's some there's some problematic aspects of the game. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, but uh, the next episode is going to be where we start ironing out a couple of the larger ones. I feel like this is the big glaring one that everyone either knows about or that we're going to have to talk about. And like you said, we might not be the experts on the topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's no good. So I tell you what, let's talk about, do we want to go from there until we're done with Midgar? Because it's Wall Market, Shinra Tower, you're out of Midgar. Uh, yeah. Or do we want to like stop in the Shinra Tower somewhere? I feel like we could knock through it pretty quickly. Yeah, I think we can knock through okay, it. Okay, so, so if you're playing along with us, we're going to go from outside of Eris's house to outside of Midgar. We're going to we're going to wrap up the Midgar section of the game, which is a good section of a game, especially really? for a JRPG. It's kind of wild to not see a world map or go to any other areas for several hours. Yeah, and then it and then when it opens up, it it makes it, it's wild. You're like, "Oh my goodness, there's an entire other yeah. game." But we'll get to that point. We'll we'll talk about how we'll talk crazy about that, that is next time. Um so is there any anything you'd like to say? Anything coming up? You got any GMO shows? No, nothing no. really. Nothing to what plug the heck? this time. Just FYI, Carl's in a YMO cover <laughs> band, and they're fantastic. Um, our producer Alex is here with us right now. Alex, we have any Maychan shows coming up? None to announce yet. None to announce. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so you know, if you're into that, if you're in the Philadelphia area and would like to come see us or talk about Final Fantasy in person, which I am always down to do. <laughs> come hang out with us. Come see us. Somebody. Hopefully, at the next Mage Hand show, someone doesn't run in with a gun and clear uh, the place and out. Clear the place and out. Then and activate we... the pinball machine That's to right. go to their secret right. base. Yeah, <laughs> that like rarely happens at Mage Hand shows. Rarely, but you know, we can't count it out. It could have. It gets rowdy in there sometimes. It does. Yeah, it does. All right. So our uh, our theme music was a remix of Liberi Fatali. Is that how you say that as it well? It sounds good. All sounds right, good the remix of Liberi Fatali by DJ Cutman or Chris Davidson. I'll ask him which name he wants to go by yeah, in the interim. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we'll see you then. Like I said, we have a Twitter at every F and FF. Or, yeah, at every F and FF, which is the word every, then the letters F N F F. And same spelling, we have a email, every F and FF at gmail.com. You can email us there, send us something on Twitter, say something hilarious or mean enough, and we may even read it out loud. Yeah. So we'll Say see. hello. Say hello. Tell us you're pissed at us because we uh, like Final Fantasy VIII and call her Eris. Yeah, t- tell us what her actual name is. Um, <laughs> tell us how to pronounce M-A-K-O. <laughs> All right. Cool. You good, Carl? Yep. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you next week. Have a good one.